0: Welcome to New Generation Church with Pastor Eddie Merino. Open your Bible, church. Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37, verse 23. I want to read three scriptures. Welcome everyone to who's... um. Connected with us live, social media, welcome, and all of you, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Praise God, hallelujah. How many can say hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 37, verse 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Then verse 26, excuse me, 25. I have been young and now am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Amen. He starts off by saying, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Notice the Bible says, The steps of a good man are ordered. And he delights in his way. It's 2024. We're still in January. May your steps and my steps be ordered by the Lord. In the Hebrew... When the Bible says the steps of a good man, that word good is not in the original. It reads the steps of a man are ordered. But when you look up at that word man, as I was studying it, that word man means strong, a valiant, or a man or a warrior, or a mighty person. So what it's saying is that even the mighty person, or the strong person, or a warrior, is someone whom the Lord orders his steps. Amen. God orders His steps. It's God. And this morning, church, is that we want God to order our steps. We want God to be our our guide. We want God that He's the one that establishes our steps. Notice He says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I want to be led, I want to be guided by the Lord. Not by opinions, not by what the government thinks, the world thinks, people's personal opinions. No, I want to be led my steps to be ordered by the Lord. there's no other way church people will always have their personal opinions but when you compare personal opinions of people in God's word God's word always works it never fails the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord He's the one that establishes him. Now, notice what I'm going to read right now. It says, and he delights in his way. God delights in his ways. Who? The steps of a good man. In the Bible... The greatest example that you and I can follow is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let let me say it this way, church. Nobody is ever going to take the place of Jesus. Amen. We can have heroes. We can look up to people. But the one that we all out to follow is Jesus Christ. And there's a scripture when I was studying, this came to my mind. And I looked it up, the scripture, and it says this, and it speaks about Jesus. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning upon him. And suddenly, look what it says, suddenly a voice came from heaven. See, church, we need to hear the voice from heaven. Amen. I'm going to say it again, church. We need to hear the voice from heaven. And he says, this is the voice that he heard saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Church, don't be a man pleaser. Be a God pleaser. If if anything, you want to please God. Amen? We're not here to please man. We're here to please God. We're here to please the king. We're here to please the Savior. We're here to please Jesus, his name above all names. That's all we want to do. We want to please the Lord Jesus Christ. but the Lord has to order your steps. Let God put the order. You quit trying to put the order. Let God put the order. He says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, if anything, we want to please God. We want to please God. I'm going to say it again, church. We want God to have delight in us. We want to please him. Amen. You know, I I don't, many times we're just, our investment time, what we're doing, we're trying to please people. When people, you know, they're not your savior. People's not your provider. People will fail you. God will never fail you. So why are you trying to please people? Please the Alpha and the Omega. Please the beginning and the end. If you want to please someone, please God. (laughs) Psalms 42 says, he says, he, see church, he says, he also brought me up. At one time, church, you and I were down. We were down. Amen. The Bible says, we, he also brought me up out of what? A horrible pit. You never been there, church? Remember when you used to be in that horrible pit? There was no way out. You didn't know what to do. You wanted to take your life away. You were tired. You were oppressed, depressed. You had no answer. You had no future. But the Bible says, he also brought me out of a horrible pit. Out, he says, out of the merry clay. But then it doesn't finish there. He says, and he set my feet. There was that word. He set what? He set my feet upon a rock. How many know that we're standing upon the only rock, Jesus Christ? And it says, not only did he put us upon a rock, but he says, and establish my steps. Church, if you want Christ to establish your steps, your steps have to be upon the rock. The rock, Jesus Psalms 119, 133 says, direct my steps. Notice that the, psalman, the psalmist is telling God. See, church, there's a time comes where you, though it's not going to land on you. It's not just going to drop. You have to tell God. And the psalmist, he says, direct my steps. By your word. Hear me, church? You want God to direct your steps? You got to tell God to direct them. And guess what? You and I have the word. You have the Bible. Amen? I didn't say the J.C. Penny catalog. Does that still exist? Oh, sorry. There's uh, someone that works there. I love JC Penney. I'm just you and I got the word. You tell God, you tell Lord, you you tell the Lord, Lord, you order direct my steps by your word. And he says, And let no iniquity have dominion over me. See when God directs your steps. By who? By his word. Iniquity, sin will not have dominion over your life. Even the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he said in Romans 6, 14, he says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Did you know that church? When God orders your steps, when God establishes your steps, when God is your guide, hear me. Sin cannot have dominion over you. We dominate sin. Don't stay quiet on me. We dominate sin. Sin doesn't control. Your body doesn't control. No, Christ is the one that gives you grace, you and me, to dominate, to have dominion over sin. Now, When you hear people saying, Oh, it's because you know, well, we're not perfect, we're all weak. That's a cop out right there saying, Uh, you know, uh, he, he God knows that I'm weak in this area. No, when God orders your steps, you will. Have dominion over sin. God understands me. And here's a favorite one. God knows my heart. He sure does. Don't stay quiet, church. Give Him glory and praise. Paul said, for sin shall not have dominion over sin. You. Now, when God is not ordering my steps, when God is not guiding me, yes. Guess what? Sin will dominate you. Sin takes over. When God's not in your life, when God's not priority, when you're not walking in the spirit, when you're not walking or your steps are not being ordered by God, Sin will dominate you. They, they're going to call them the takeover of your life. Sin. All of a sudden, everybody's quiet. That's why you got to let the Lord order your steps. We're church, don't get it twisted. We're not part of the world no more. Yet yeah, we live in this world, but we're not from this world. Sell out for Jesus. Be radical for Jesus. Give your life completely to Jesus. What are you waiting for? Your time is now. Surrender all. And the Bible says, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, look what he says, Paul. Because we're talking about how God, he what? The steps of a good man. How many of you here this morning you want God to order your steps? You don't want Satan to order your steps. You don't want sin to order your steps. You don't want man to order your steps. You don't want a woman to order your steps or a man to order your steps. (laughs) You want God to order your steps. What does the Bible say? Well, Paul, he said, He says, look what he says, how he breaks it down. He says, I beseech you therefore, or in other words, I plead with you. Look what Paul, Paul is saying, hey church, he says, I plead, I'm pleading with you. He says, brethren, so he's talking to brothers and sisters. He says, by the mercies of God, he says that you present, present what? He says, your bodies. Your body's not yours anymore. Your body belongs to God, church. This is your temple. Quit messing it up with sin. He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. He says, holy, acceptable to who? To God which is your reasonable service. And then he says, and do not be conformed to this world. He says, he says, don't be conformed to this world. But then he says, but be transformed. Church, may God transform you, God transform me. God transforms our hearts. God transforms our thinking. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good. There's that word good. Remember, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then he says here, that you may prove what is that good. I'm not talking about self-good. Oh, I do that because it feels good. I get high because it feels good. I pop pills because it makes me feel good. I have sex because it feels good. Better be in marriage. Tell your neighbor, they're looking at you talking to you I told you guys it was on a Wednesday when me and Monica I'm gonna say because some of you weren't here when we're, she was my girlfriend, I was in, in church. She grew up in church. But Monique, my daughter, she came out pregnant out of wedlock. But the only message I heard in church was that the correct thing to do was is to get married, is to get married. So what did I do? Because I wanted a what? I wanted God to order my steps. I wanted to please God. What did I do? Did I continue to live? No, I got married. I learned from that, did the correct thing. But now by the grace of God, 27 years of marriage now. But because somebody preached to me, Somebody told me the correct thing to do is to get married. See, nowadays, we don't want to preach about that. That's why, get, just, just think about that. Why do you think there's so many divorces? Well, Why do they say, you know, people are living, you know, together, they're not married, and nobody is saying anything? It's not that we're better. It's not that we're trying to be holier. It's that it's the correct thing. If the world, if Satan is advertising, marketing, saying that, hey, it's okay to live in sin. You don't think us preachers got to preach the gospel, the truth, and say, let me tell you something. Marriage is great. Marriage is a blessing. Marriage, it's a blessing. The Bible says that he who finds is a blessing who said it's not who told you the lie oh if you get married you're just gonna have more problems well do you love her do you love him stick it out fight for your marriage how do you fight seek God but that's the thing nobody wants to seek God nobody wants to put the pride away nobody wants to surrender they don't want to make it work Hallelujah. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See church, that's what we want. We want to know the perfect will of God. Are you still with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see what the Bible says what pleases God. Real quick, one scripture. It's a powerful scripture. Go with me. If they put it up. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 to 24. Hallelujah. Quit it with the. No, it's because if we get married, um, you know, what if I'm not going to get the house completely? I'm going to get half of it. In the first place, why'd you get married then? If you knew he or her was broke, do your homework, do your research, ask questions. What does he ask or her, him, to offer you? Oh, you know, it's been 25 years. We fight day and night. And you know, but let me tell you something. God is a God of peace, not of torment. Look what the Bible says. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man, look what he says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But he says, but let him who glories glory in this. He says, if you want to glory in something, look what he says. That he understands and knows me. If you wanna glory in something, glory in knowing who? Knowing God. Don't glory about your riches. Don't glory about your your wisdom. Don't glory about how mighty you are, your position, who you are, what you. No, 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 no. He says, if you wanna glory in something, he says, glory in understanding and knowing me, God. He says that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. And then he says at the end, for in these I, there's that word, I delight, says the Lord. Because the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Notice that he says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. You know, the Bible says, Proverbs twenty four sixteen, for a righteous man may fall seven times. And, but there it is. He says, and rise again. But church, don't use that as an excuse. See, it's right there. Paul 7, 20, 30 times. Don't, don't use that, church. Lying devil. He does say, rise again. What he's saying is that You know, if something would happen, he says, rise again. Don't stay down. Don't stay down. Don't don't use excuses. Don't get a self-pity party in yourself. He says, rise again. Are you listening, church, this morning? Rise again. Get up. Get up. Get up and do the will of God. Get up and praise God. Get up. Don't stay down. Don't let the enemy torment you, but you get up in the name of Jesus. Even the apostle Paul, I mean, Paul, this this is a man of God. But notice the difference with, with Paul is that Everything he went through was because of why? Because, not because he wasn't living for God. Not because he was playing with temptation. The everything that Paul went through was because he followed Jesus. And sometimes we try to twist it. Our own mistakes, we try to put God in it. Don't stay quiet, church. Oh, you know, well, I fell and I went because God wasn't there to help me. No, you chose to get high. You chose to try to be Mr. Playboy or Playgirl. You don't even got game no more you're trying to act like it. Stop it. you ugly and you're trying to make it up with the best cologne you got. Paul said, look, look what Paul, he said, but because, all because he followed Jesus. He says, we are hard pressed on every side. Look what Paul says. Look what he's saying. Yet We're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Remember that, church. Whenever you're being persecuted, you're not forsaken by God. But then he says at the end, he says, we are struck down, but we're not destroyed. Church, get up. Get up. Don't stay down. Get up. That's part of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're on fire for Jesus, when all you want to do is please God, you want to do his will, things are going to happen, church. Did you hear me? Things will happen, but it's worth it. Because God gives you grace. God will pick you up. Now, if you're playing with sin and you continue to play with sin, that's a whole different ballgame. That's a whole different ballgame. God's got nothing to do with it. The enemy does. The psalmist, he said something very powerful. And and I'm going to read it with you because I want you to see this, church. Go with me. Psalms 34, real quick. Are you guys with me? Psalms 34, verse 19. Well, let me read verse 15. Verse 15. Notice that the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are what? On the righteous. He didn't say perfect, he said righteous. Live a right life, that's it, for God. And he says, and his ears are open to what? Their cry. Are you getting that? See, when you're walking right with God, the Bible says, his ears are open to your cry. And he says in verse 16, the face of the Lord is against those who do what? Evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them what? And delivers them out of what? Of their troubles. Do you believe that church? Listen, because you live for God, you and I, we're going to go through certain things. And I just want to remind you, this year, 2024, whenever it gets hard on you, don't, don't walk away from God. Don't, you know, say, you know what, um, the world is better. No. He says he delivers you and me out of what? Our troubles. Listen, church, God will deliver you from your troubles. Verse 18, the Lord is what is near to those who have a broken heart. What does that mean, church? That means being in the presence of God. And saves such as have a contrite spirit. But look at verse 19. This is what I want to get to. He says, many are the afflictions of who? Of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Every affliction, trouble you go through, church, when you walk with God, God will deliver you from each and every one of them, guaranteed. And notice he says, many are the afflictions of who? The righteous. It doesn't say unrighteous. It says righteous for doing what's right. You and I will have afflictions. But God will deliver you from them all. You ought to be shouting and praising God. Because I know that when the affliction comes, the trouble comes, what do people do? They panic. Fear kicks in. They don't know what to do or they want to fix things their way, their own way, their own understanding. Trust God. Seek God. Surrender to God. Humble yourself, the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you. Look what he says. That in me, look what Jesus says. The solution is right here, church. He says, that in me, you may have what? Peace. That in me, so in Jesus, you and I have peace, church. He says that you may have peace. And then he says, in the world, you will have what? Tribulation. The reason I'm reading all these scriptures, church, because we as believers, we believe in the promises of God. But then you got people saying, or the way they word it, like if this year, 2024 is going to be the worst year, of your life that trouble is coming yeah and it might be but you know too bad for those who don't trust or have their faith in the living God the God that you and I serve and he says but be look what Jesus is telling us church he says In the world you will have tribulation, but then right away he fixes it. He says, but be of good cheer. You know what that word means? What he's saying is this, be of confidence. Be confident. You know what it means? It means he's saying, have courage. Be of good cheer. Have comfort. But you get that church. Look what Jesus is saying. He says, Hey, he says, You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Take courage, courage yourself, have comfort. In other words, he says, I have overcome the world. Like Jesus is saying, Hey, I got this because you serve me and because I live in you. He says, Be of good cheer, be confident. And what's powerful about this is that we're talking about a Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He was what? Look, let me give you a little background about him. He was arrested. He was forsaken. Let me ask you first, have you been arrested? Don't raise up your hands, please. Forsaken. He was rejected. He was mocked. He was tortured. He was executed. Judas, all the religious authorities, Pilate, the crowd, the soldiers, even death. Guess what? The grave could not overcome him. The grave could not overcome him. That's why he says, I have overcome the world and you, well, brother. Um, because the brother didn't say hi to me, or the sister didn't say hi. He didn't thank me. Oh, it's because the brother offended me and said I look thinner. Well, don't you want a compliment? Be surprised how these people get offended for things and don't even go, man. When you've never been rejected, mocked, all kinds of stuff, look at Jesus, chilling. All he did, he came to what? To fulfill the will of his father. Peace is offered to us, but tribulation is promised. It shouldn't surprise you, church. Give me five minutes. Don't rush me. I know you guys, I know some of you are like, I told you guys, I'm going to take my time, so get used to it. Now you could go where they preach you 15 minutes and you go home and a good sermon, good-filled sermon, and that's it. You know, Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus and Peter, they're having a, I guess we could say like a conversation. And it says in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. And this is what the Lord said. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, look what he says. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But look what Jesus says. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now think about this. Jesus is telling Peter, hey, Simon, be careful. The enemy wants to sift you, man. He wants to shake you. But he tells him, but I have prayed for you. Church, anytime you feel that sift, that shaking, know that you have A Savior, Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. In other words, we have someone that is praying for you always. His name is Jesus Christ. So don't ever think, when you feel that sift, that shaking, know that Jesus has your back. And back in verse 25, he says... Verse 24, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. All the scriptures I just gave you. What does the Bible teaches us? That God doesn't let go of us. He's with you. He doesn't forsake you. He's praying for you. He's there to pick you up. He's there to lift you up. All the scriptures I just read right now. That's all we read. And there's a reason for that, church. Because uh, what happens is that many they're doing well, but then something happens in their life. And suddenly, people get discouraged, they feel miserable. They feel, you know that they're not worthy. And the enemy puts all kinds of stuff in your mind. But we already know that he's a liar. Amen. He's a thief. But remember this church. God is too good. man. And, and he tells them. He, he reminds them. The psalmist, he says. After verse 24 when it says. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. In other words, A. I'm holding on to you. I'm not letting go of you. You might fall. You might trip. But my hand is upon your hand. Are you getting that church? He's saying I'm not letting go of you. Like saying look. If you hold on to me. On this side. It's better. You didn't get that. On this side. It is better. There's abundance of life. There's blessings. I'm with you. I give you victory. You're an overcomer. But if you let go of my hand, it's trouble, man. Because he says, look what he says. Verse 25. Look what he says. I have been young and now am old. Look what the Psalm, he says, hey, let, let me, he says, I have been young and now I am old. What he's saying, look, I could tell you this, that in my walk with God, my relationship with God, since I've been young, even now that I'm old, I can testify, I can tell you that God is so good to me. Blessed me, God has been there, He's never forsaken me, He's never has failed me. God, I mean, all I see is the hand of God on my life because He says, Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. He says, I have been young, I have been old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor His descendants begging bread. And church, let me tell you, when you're hooked up with God, God takes care of you, man. Did you get that? God takes care of you. He'll give you everything you need. You feel sad, God gives you joy. You feel afraid, God gives you peace. You feel sick, God is your healer. You have a need, God is your provider. Joshua 1.5 says, he says, I will be with you, man. He says, I'm going to be with you. He says, I will be with you. I will never leave you and forsake you. Do you believe that, church? He says, I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he says, and his descendants are Blessed. I'm not going to read the whole verse, but he's talking about how his descendants are blessed. Psalms 112, 1 3. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying it, the Bible says it. Praise the Lord. You thought I was telling you, huh? Praise the Lord. Don't say quiet. But yeah, praise the Lord. Blessed is a man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Look what he says, church. I declare this word over your life if you delight in God's word. He says his descendants, his descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. And Proverbs thirteen twenty two. I finish right here. A good man, there's that word good, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth, look what he says, but the wealth of the sinner or the wicked is stored up for who it's stored up for us for the righteous and you believe that church believe it this year church let the lord order your steps And watch what God is doing. I didn't say he's going to do He's already doing. And he's going to continue to do this whole year 2024. Amen. I believe it. I expect it. Because we have faith. And faith is what moves God's heart. Faith. That you believe him. You believe him. That's why we are what? We are praying and fasting. Because prayer and fasting changes us. It changes me, it changes you. But faith moves God. Be Stand, Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.